0: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. All right, before I jump into teaching, I want to share a story with the room. Can I do that? Yes. Okay. Okay. So about... This happened about, oh, golly, 14 years ago for me. Yeah, right around, like, let's be safe, 14-plus years ago. I was sitting right over, gosh, where was I? Okay, can I, was that brick? Hello, Fowlers. Right here in this area. I was sitting over in this area, and I learned something very interesting that can happen when we're in a setting like this. What can happen is, I can care more about the room, thinking I have everything put together in my life, more than I do about moving with what God is saying in the moment. Have you ever felt that? It's a real thing. I can be paralyzed. I can sit there. I know God is doing something. I know God's requiring something of me. But what outweighs it is my concern for what you think, what you think, what you think, what you think. Pride, fear, that's what's happening. And until that's broken, you will come and stunt your growth every time. I want to share with you what happened. 14 plus years ago, I was standing over there, and God was moving in the room. There was a movement of the Lord. The Holy Spirit was just churning inside of me, and I, I didn't know what to do, and I kind of met with that moment, and I just said, I don't care. I remember I got, out of, uh, I got out of my pew. I went up, and I grabbed someone who was up front that was to be praying with people, and I literally said this. I don't know what to do. I don't know what's happening. But I recognize something. I recognize that God is moving in my life right now. And I just, I can't stay in my pew. I came up here. Something powerful happened is that it broke. The most influential voices in my life today, the huge contributing factors to where I'm at right now, I can trace back to that exact moment, to that exact service. It changed my life forever. I took a step and God turned it into a leap. Kids have to learn how to walk, but how much fun is it as a parent to pick them up and go, "Wee!" That's what God does. He takes your fish. He feeds 5,000. He does that. that's not my ipad okay let's do this um no Nick, no no i'm gonna use this i'm gonna use a worship stand let's go okay let's do this our love for the lord is made manifest through our obedience to his word respond quick be quick to obey that is how you grow So for this church, for our church, pride and fear no more. That doesn't get to happen here anymore. When you feel like God is moving, if you can't feel free here, where are you going to feel free? Amen. See, when I, when I pray and I'm seeking God on something, it's not going to come when I think it's going to come. It's not going to come where I think it's going to come. It's going to look so different. So I have to have a heart that's willing to recognize it. Get this. You don't need all the answers. You don't need it all figured out. You've been given the Holy Spirit. So you can sense what God is doing. So you just obey. I had nothing figured out. I just walked up. And the moment I did that, God plugged me in with the people that were going to change my life. That were going to help me walk through process to become who He called me to be. God's in the end suddenly. But He's also in the process. Because it's the process that produces the character that carries the anointing for the calling. And a lot of times, it's not all the information, everything at once. It's just God tapping on your spirit, saying, you need to do something. And it's our willingness to take a step. So he goes, now we're going to take a leap into where you're actually supposed to be. I'm going to pick you up and place you where you're exactly supposed to be. Don't come and allow your own growth to be stunted by fear and pride. Just leave, the, leave that nonsense at the door. Okay. So, if we're going to start there, why not just keep going? Okay. I want to talk to you <laughs> about a wedding. I want to read for you the story in John chapter 2 about the wedding at Cana. And I'm just going to start. So John 2, 1 through 11, I'm going to read it. And it says this. The next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana of Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivity, so Jesus' mother told him. They have no more wine Jesus replied, Dear woman, that is not our problem. My time is not yet come, but his mother told the servants, Do whatever he tells you to do. Standing nearby, there were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 uh, gallons. These were big. Jesus told the servants, Fill the jars with water. When the jars have been filled... He said, uh, sorry, Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. When Jesus, the master, uh, sorry, uh, so the servants followed his instructions. When the master of the ceremony tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though, of course, the servants knew, he called, to the, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine, but you have kept the best until now. This point I'm about to make, I want you to wrap your minds around. This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed. This is really interesting a miracle happens and it's accounted to God revealing his glory. This is very interesting because I immediately think to 2 Corinthians 3:16 through 18, which says this: But when someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away, for the Lord is spirit. And wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. From, from many things, but within the context of this passage, is talking about spiritual blindness. So all of us who have had that veil removed and can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. Let me say that again. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into this into his Glorious image. I find this interesting because what this is telling me, that there is growth that takes place, there's growth and development that takes place in the life of a believer when you see the miraculous. That tells me, as a follower of God, I am meant to see the miraculous. And it's for the purpose of my own development and growth. It strengthens my faith. At the end it says, Disciples believed in Him. It strengthens, it reaffirms. But it's not just seeing it. That's part of it. It's also reflecting it. What I see God do over here, what I witness over here for someone else, eventually people will point to my life and see and say the same thing. It's still for the purpose of pointing to God, but there is a seeing and reflecting that's supposed to happen. Okay, so let's walk through this. If I'm meant to grow in a way that comes when I see a miracle, then seeing is really huge. And again, we're not talking about in the natural. We're talking about in the spirit. Seeing is really huge because I need to be able to see in order to receive and to grow. So seeing is huge. So what keeps us from seeing God's glory when it's revealed in that way? What keeps us from seeing God when there's a move of God happening in the room? Because that will happen. That will happen here. That will happen in your home, wherever you are. Well, we're here this morning, so I'm talking about that here and now. Okay. So, what keeps us from seeing God's glory? Let's use church for an example. Okay. I can come in, I can walk into a service and there can be a move of God happening in the room and I can be completely blind to it. This is not a foreign concept. Jesus would perform miracles and those that oppose it religiously is that, that they would come and they say, well, do it again. Well, if you can do this, show us something else you can do. If you can just do this. It, like, it, it was already happening right in front of them. You have thousands of people there, miracles all over the place. And they are completely blind to it. Why? For the same reason. We can come in here and be completely blind to what God's doing because our hearts are already full of something else. There's no room in the heart for that kind of thing. Okay. Let's read in John 5, 6-36. Let's keep opening this up. This is Jesus in that moment. Miracles, signs, wonders happening religious leaders coming up and saying, and opposing, well, you heal them on the Sabbath. You're not supposed to heal like that. You're not supposed to, this is, show, show us. If you're this, provide man. If you're this, do that. Like, they're, they're challenging what God is doing. So, this so is what Jesus says, John 5, 36 through 38. But I have a greater witness than John. My teachings and my miracles... The Father gave me these works to accomplish, and they prove that he sent me. And the Father who sent me has testified about me himself. You have never heard his voice or seen him face to face, and you do not have his message in your hearts. Because you do not believe in me, the one he sent to you. You do not believe in me because you do not have the Father's heart. There's no room for God's word in the heart. Okay, let's keep going again. John eight, thirty one through thirty seven. Again, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples, if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean? You will set us free. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. A slave is not a permanent member of, member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham, and yet some of you are trying to kill me. That opposition I was talking about. Some of you are trying to kill me because there is no room in your hearts for my message. Their hearts are already full. There is pride. Well, I know that when God comes, it's going to look like this. When the king comes, it's not going to look like that. It's going to look like this. I know what it's supposed to look like. I know what it's going to look like. You, he wouldn't do it on the Sabbath. He's not going to break the law. Mind you, it was laws that they made. You see this? There's pride there. There's no room in the heart for what God wants to do because pride's already there. It wouldn't look like that. When our king comes, it's not going to be like that. This, isn't a, like, this is a Sabbath. Why heal somebody? Let's translate it into our day and age. That's not appropriate to be happening right now. Let's keep going. They judged him. They mocked him. They didn't do what his word said to do. That's a big one. I'll hear it, God, but I won't do it. I'll say amen, but I won't do it. God sees the heart, and he sees that theirs is already full. So if seeing is so important, what causes spiritual blindness is when I come and I have all of that in here, it doesn't matter if God's moving right in front of me. It doesn't matter if there's miracle signs. you won't receive it because your heart is not open to it. Okay. Pastor Ryan was teaching on this. Uh, uh, has been teaching on this idea of deliverance what that is. But in order to get delivered from it, you have to recognize that you have it. You have to recognize that, oh, I do think those thoughts. Oh, yeah, that is my perspective. Toss that nonsense in the trash. That's what we, how we do that is repentance yeah, God, you know what? You've said to do things. I haven't done them. I'm so sorry. Please hear me. Yeah, God, I've mocked when you've moved. And I said, I would never do that. That can't be you. That's not appropriate. God wouldn't do it on this day. God wouldn't do it at this time. He'd wait for you. I've done that. I've had to repent of it. There is a recognition, a veil being lifted. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I don't want that pride and fear to stunt my growth anymore. I got to get delivered of that. And we do that through repentance. God, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Look at the story of David, for example. Okay, so David and Bathsheba. We know the story. David, man of God, called by God, following the lead of the Spirit, following the Lord, raised in authority, has an anointing. He's in that place. What happens? He slips into lust for Bathsheba. And that veil, right? Get this. There's a spiritual blindness that happens. He thinks it's okay. Furthermore, he runs with it, justifies it, completely blind to it so what happens the prophet comes the man of the lord brings the word of the lord to david he tells him and in that moment because it was the word of truth that hit david that veil got lifted again we see that because of how he responds brokenness oh my gosh i did do that and that was not okay what happens veil goes back up because the word of truth came in it was exposed and david was able to go and just what do you do he repented that's what the word of truth does. It causes you and I to grow. And a lot of times, just by reckoning things, recognizing things in us that we just need to let go of. You do not have to have it all figured out for God to use you. Our love is made manifest through simple obedience. Okay. Are you still with me? Still think? Okay, let's keep going. Okay. So their hearts were already full. We don't want, we don't want full hearts. We want to come expecting God to move. Move? That ain't a word. Expecting God to move, and we want to be open to it, meaning I'm letting all of that nonsense go. Okay. So that's what keeps us from seeing. Now we know. Now the choice is yours. Every day you will be faced with that choice. God is spirit. You grieve the spirit, you grieve the father. What's the opposite? Glorifying. We want to learn how to do that. We want to glorify the Father. There is a way for us to go. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's keep moving. So that's what keeps us from seeing. So how do we see? If that's the pitfall, if that's what will keep me down, if that's what will keep me stunted, if that's what will prevent and wither and that, as I'm describing, it doesn't sound very great, right? So what's God's way? Because he says in everything he makes a way in which we should go. So what's his way? How do we see? I'm going to read John 15, 1 through 5. And it says this, and this is Jesus talking. I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more fruit. You have already been pruned and purified by this message. I have given you key point. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you, again, remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches those who remain in me and I in them. I will produce much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing. That word remaining, remain in me, remain in me. How do we boil down simply put? What does that mean for us here and now? It, it's abiding. It's staying close. You know in the Bible how it always is talking about the still small voice of God. And a lot of times in life, I'm like, just get big and loud, God. There's a fork in the road. There's five ways to go. You could scream right now, and I would love that. Why is it referred to as the so small voice of the Spirit? Because if something is still and small, you've got to get really close, and you've got to get really quiet. The very thing that helps us grow in the Lord, remaining in Him, it's, it stimulates relationship. God doesn't want to yell orders to you. He wants you close. Remain in me, and I in you, and you'll bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Remain in me. Talking about the Father. Talking about the Son. Talking about the Spirit. All of it. Because all of it's in me, the Lord says. Remain close, because all of it's in you. Okay? So... I'll say it again. That is truth. Direction from the Lord. Our love is made evident in our life by our obedience to that. What does abiding look like? I'll show you what it looks like. It can look like this. I'm home. I've taken care of some things. I need to spend time with God. I'm going to to my room. And I'm just, I'm being I'm being genuine here. And I'm just gonna go, God, what what am I supposed to do with this? I've got this going on. So God, I'm just going to lift you higher. I'm going to lay that here before you. And Lord, I'm just believing you're going to let me see the other side of this. Because you're good and you'll get me to the other side. It can look as simple like that. It can look like, I'm just giving examples in my own life. My kids are in the living room. They're playing and being silly. So I'm just literally going to go, okay, God. And like Finney, will be like, Daddy, what you doing? I'm like, I'm talking to Jesus. That's what I'm doing, Lord I want your joy in my home. I want your life filling my house. God, I want more of who you are. It can look like I am in the car. Hello, car. This is my car. Okay. I'm sitting at a red light. Lord, I need direction in my life. I, I, I've gotten to where I'm supposed to be. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. But what on earth is next? Because I'm getting to that place where I need to make a choice. But I don't want to do it without you. That's following his word. His word says, acknowledge me in everything and I'll direct your path. I'm acknowledging you in my car. I'm acknowledging you in my house. I'm acknowledging you while I'm doing the dishes. While I'm cleaning the bathroom, I'm acknowledging you. I am pulling on heaven for answers, for solutions. And God says he'll show up. He says he'll give you direction and answers. But guess what? It ain't going to come the way you think it's going to come. It isn't going to come when it's convenient for you. It's going to come when it challenges you. You can't grow in comfort. You can grow a whole lot in challenge. So when you sense God doing something, don't just stand there, silly goose. That's why I tell myself, do something with that because I'm hungry to grow and I'm going to take whatever God's serving. So if right now it's just, I'm going to advance forward, then guess what? Boop, boop, boop. I'm going to advance forward. I'm going to do what God's saying to do because I'm hungry for whatever he's going to serve. Okay, practically that, that's what it looked look like. Abiding is, I'm just going to stay close. This truth that I'm learning in, I'm growing in, I'm just going to keep that so close. I don't do anything here that I don't already do at home. You know, that's a learning curve. I remember there was a point in time I had to go home. Uh, before I was married, before I had kids, and I was rooming with my brother And I remember, I would just go back to the apartment, and I'm like, I am so stiff in my worship to the Lord, like I'm uncomfortable with it. I'm declaring His goodness and His greatness. And I'm sitting there going, I look like a two by four. What's happening? This is just me being honest with God, not because anyone is saying anything. I'm just recognizing this ain't passion. But in here, there's passion. And so I went home. I shut all the blinds. Like, good golly, I don't want anybody to see me. And. I turn on worship music and I'm like, I'm not a two by four. I want to be passionate in my pursuit of the Lord because God says my love for him is displayed in my obedience. He says, worship me. So I'm like, okay, I'll worship you. So it took time. It was a learning curve. It's something you got to grow in, but you got to do something. You can't just stand still. You can't just want God to move and do everything for you. There has to be a holy cow, God's on the water, I'm in the boat, (laughs) right? Don't look down. There's got to be those moments in your life where you choose it for yourself. I'll tell you what it sounds like. Break, 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 break. That's bondage. Break, 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 break. When you're walking in freedom, it don't sound like clankity, clankity, clank, here come the chains too. It's break, 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 break. Okay? So, It's abiding, it's remaining in his word, it's remaining in his truth. And it's so important because that healthy practice is what keeps our hearts pure. Remember I was saying you can come in and judge something because if you don't have space for God in your heart, you'll see what's happening, you'll discern it in the natural, and you'll judge it which means you'll miss out on the move of God, you'll miss out on the growth and development, you'll miss out the blessing it's supposed to be in your life. But when I abide, when I remain close, when I trust in the Lord, my heart's, it's kept pure. So when that God is moving and doing something, I'm open to receiving it because I know what he sounds like. In Matthew 5, 8, and we all know this, but listen to it now. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. That ain't talking about one day in heaven. He's here and now. He's moving here and now. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. So that when I'm in a space and God's moving, I see what's happening. Because part of that is how I grow. Let's go back to that wedding. Let's step through it a second time and let's see something different. Okay. Jesus immediately looks for empty containers. Now, the second time when we step through this, I'm going to call it for, for what it is. Jesus sees you Abiding, remaining. He sees an empty container. The pure heart. I'm not saying you have got it all figured out. I'm saying you're doing what's right right now. Sees it and goes, okay, fill it with water. And so you see it's 24, 30 gallons of water. It's bucket after bucket. Truth. It's the Word of God. And He's filling it to the brim. You're learning, you're growing, you're, you're remaining with God. You're doing what his word says to do. So God, you're being filled with the truth. And it says, filled to the brim. So that when God gives you audience with kings and men, goes to the master of the ceremonies, what gets tipped out of you is supernatural. It's the word of truth preceded by the miraculous. Miraculous. For the purpose of what? Your development and growth in this. What did the ma- like? Let's go a bit further in the story. We should stop here. Let's go further. Why not? Maybe there's more road. The master of the ceremony, what does he do? He goes to the bridegroom, the person God's placed in your life that you bring the word of truth, the miraculous follows, the person you've just poured into. What does he do? He turns to the bridegroom. They look to the Lord and go, oh my gosh, you did this. Did you recognize it? And the story, they immediately turn and glorify the Lord. This can only come from you. You did this. You saved this for now. They recognize what happened, even though they didn't fully understand, but it pointed them back to God. You and I were created to see the miraculous and reflect it so that the glory of the Lord can be on display. So he gets the glory. So hearts turn to him. There's a really crazy thing that happens when God shows up all throughout Scripture. Soft hearts become softer. Look at Mary Magdalene. I can't give enough. I can't give it all. There's there's just nothing left. Soft heart, softer. Pharaoh, hard heart, harder. I'm not going to move. I'm not going to do that. I'm Lord. I'm king. I'm Lord of my life. I call the shots. Hard heart, harder. Then we see Saul, so hard, so far gone. Suddenly, soft there's no staying here when God shows up you get a choice am I gonna mock it am I gonna judge am I gonna am I gonna keep all of this fear and pride am I gonna stay blind or am I gonna take care of myself first get the log out of eye. am I gonna abide with the Lord at home In my personal life, am I going to let transformation happen there? So when I come in a corporate setting, my heart is where it's supposed to be. So when I see God move, I can receive it for myself and I can then take it into my sphere of influence and display it for someone else. So like the master of the feast, their eyes are open and they can see God. Every time God moves, there's a choice for growth or withering. What are you going to do? What am I going to do? Sometimes this, I don't know what to do, will stunt your growth because you'll stay paralyzed. I don't want to do the wrong thing. It'll stunt your growth. You'll stay paralyzed. My kids learning how to do something, there's so many times where they just got to trust dad. You can do it, man. Come here. Two years old. He has no idea what's going on. He has to rely on the sole fact that he can trust from there to here. He can trust that into my hands. So when God's moving and your spirit's churning, what will you do? Because every day, you have the opportunity to do something. And it's going to harden, 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 or it's going to soften, soften, soften. I don't want to get in that place where I'm just like, we'll just see how this ends up. I'll just stay hard, and then maybe if it's God's will, he'll, no, no, no. Don't kid yourself. I want to read you something really good from a really great, really great dad. Jesus says this to his disciples in Mark 16, 15 through 20. And then he told them, and then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new tongues. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. They will drink anything poisonous and it won't hurt them. They will be able to place the hands on the sick and they will be healed. Now pay very close attention to this. When the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. And the disciples went everywhere and preached and the Lord worked through them confirming what they did through many signs and wonders, through many miracles. I can read that and get crippled by fear trying to figure out how that's all supposed to work. Or I can read that and see God on the other side going, just take some steps, man. Let's go. You're created to get from there to here, so let's go. He performs the miracles. We bring the truth. And together, he works through us. We were created to see and reflect the glory of the Lord, and it's the desire of the Lord that his glory... Be revealed here right here the master of the feast where the word of truth went forth miraculous things followed that's here that's at home where the word of truth goes signs and wonders follow how do I make sure I stay on the right track? Abiding God, just stay close. Read what his word says. Let process do the rest <sighs> Okay, if I could get Nick and the worship team to come up and start doing wor- uh, start worship, Here's what I like to do. Everybody stand up, please. Father God, we love you. And we want you to have your way. God, I want you to have your way. You can put the other end of that ladder right here, God. Heaven can come and go whenever it wants. Truth can just hang out. We want all that you have for our lives. And all that you want to do in this moment So we give you space for that and we just worship you.